Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based in West Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to our podcast, which I call It's Not About the Sex, also the title of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior, often referred to as sex addiction. In particular, we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery while establishing more meaningful connection and greater intimacy. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints, brand new perspectives, and practical user-friendly tools toward living a more deeply connected life. Let's get started. Hello, Sue. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Doing great. It's good to have a little weather here. And I don't know if it's rainy over where you are today, but we had a little bit of a rain sprinkle this morning. Yeah, I, I I don't know about our listeners, but you know, there's the old expression: "It never rains in Southern California," <laughs> and actually, that's not true. From around November to March or April, we do get some rain. Sometimes torrential rain, actually. And mm-hmm. and this was just our first rain of the season, so I think we get all excited about it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that changes in uh, when you move here from a place where you know you can get rain any every five minutes for you know, exactly off and on so yeah it's right nice to change I mean, it up. for sure i mean both of us as east coast people originally you know have have a different experience of the seasons and out here it's more subtle in california and and when the rain actually falls from the sky it's like a, a novelty so um so yes it rained over here uh, on the west side of Los Angeles, and and it rained over there, and in, in the valley, the San Fernando Valley. So we're 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 doing good. We've got our rainy season started. And we need the rain for sure. And so, with this rainy season comes the holiday season. Exactly. Yes, we we rarely get snow here in the LA basin, as they call it. But up in the mountains, we do get snow. And um, it is a time of the reminder that the holidays are upon us. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, Sue. We're going to be talking about what I call home for the holidays. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So as you said, today's podcast is home for the holidays. So I think home means different things to different people. I think so, too. I, I, I want to broaden the term home for a moment. And since you've known me a long time, I, I, I sometimes get a little corny. So so bear with me. But <laughs> but I do <laughs> just a little bit. But but I do like the expression home is where the heart is. And and the reason I like it is is because it, it's an introspective kind of phrase. If we think about it, it's asking ourselves Huh. So where is my heart today or how is my heart doing? And and how does home relate to where my heart is? Right. And and so when you think about home for yourself, Sue, and you think about home is where the heart is, what comes to mind first for you? Well, I've been thinking about this since I've moved out here for four, you know, four years ago. But right. I always have the feeling that home and my heart are warm feelings and that feeling of being connected and whether that's to other people or a place or yourself. Um, I totally agree that home is where your heart is 
and mm -hmm. I've I've warmed up to that. Even though people, when they ask me where I'm from, I'll say, you know, I'm from the East Coast and Boston area. Um, mm -hmm. But I really do feel like you bring your home with you. Like it's mm -hmm. it's part of who you are. Yeah, you have memories other places, um, but but to connect that to your heart, I think is is crucial. Mm -hmm. So in other words, home is portable mm -hmm. and it can be connected to a particular place or memory or experience. But I actually lean more in the direction of, of relationships. And, and when I asked you the question, I was thinking of your boys. You know, you raised two beautiful kids and and I know that your heart has been with them you know, literally from the time you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so what I'm going to lean towards today is, is more towards relationships and, and towards where we feel the deepest connection with, with other people. You know, there's nothing wrong, for instance, with um, memories. Like when I think of a really warm, fuzzy memory, I, I think of Western Massachusetts. I actually think of the backyard of the home that I lived in for several years that backed up against a farm with horses that would sometimes come to the fence and, and look over the fence. And, and there's something about that memory. And I know, you know, that exact memory too, mm -hmm. that, that, that was definitely home. And, and what really made it home was the people, you know, I lived with six other people in, in, yeah. in that particular home. And um, we were like a family, you know, we, I think we really brought healing to one another. And I know I felt a lot of healing from, from that kind of family that, that we formed. Sure. And, and so, yeah, home can mean lots of different things. And I'm, I'm not certainly saying it's one particular definition, but I always come back to relationship. I'm, I, I tend to be a relationship uh, magnet and, and, you know, both in both directions that I, I really hope I bring love to others and, and love uh, comes back to me. And I know in my own recovery, receiving love and, and receiving that deeper kind of intimacy is really part of my own healing. Yeah. And, you, and I think making those connections with, those people uh, do bring out the best in in us, you know, like, I mean, going to college was probably the first time we were away from the, our original homes, I guess, and right. kind of put into a position where, yeah, you lived with six people and each one of them brought something to the table and mm -hmm. just being able to live in a community with six people isn't easy, you know, I'm sure there are right. different times, but but trying to make it work, I mean, this is the first experience as young people coming into a, with a group experience, like people coming from different parts of their worlds. Um, I think it brings out the best in you. I mean, you're always very positive and open and, and loving and caring. So you exude that. And that I think brings out the best in, in other people. So it was a wonderful place to connect with people. I really thought that home that you lived in. Um, I, I found myself going there just because it was a quality place, you know, when it felt comfortable and warm and, um, yeah. yeah, it was nice. It was a nice place to share, but I feel that when I visit you now, 
um, wherever you are, you're right. It is the relationships and, and to have that and have those people in your life have, is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what you reminded me of is that, and I sound like a broken record with this one, but the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And which is the quote that I often bring into mm-hmm. these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I love that quote because that's really what I'm encouraging in, in this particular discussion is how, how can we cultivate home for the holidays, whatever that means to you? How can you create a space emotionally inside of you and, and maybe spiritually inside of you since we are talking about the holidays and some spiritual religious traditions and how can that all lead towards a, a more meaningful experience and hopefully a safe and productive and, and loving one rather than something that might uh, create more loneliness or even relapse. So that's really the purpose of, of why I wanted to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. But it, it's funny, Sue, because in 2020, mm-hmm. We all know that COVID has, has changed our lives profoundly. And and so just like it's changed our lives profoundly through the year, it's also changing our holiday season profoundly. And there's a lot of controversy I've heard in, in various families about whether to get together and how to get together and if to get together and do I travel, do I not travel? Um, how, how are you doing with all of that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I've been thinking about that a lot and I think, um, you know, I'm not going to travel. I, I wasn't really planning on it anyway, but I'm, I'm, I was kind of thinking of maybe going to the, the beach and just kind of having, you know, a setup down there where it's open and we, you know, we can have some socially distancing, friends around us and just kind of be in an open space. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a zoom holiday, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's okay. I mean, I just know that I will get together with people, um, eventually that I want to see. Um, it's just not going to happen on a specific date and that's mm-hmm. okay. And it can be mm-hmm. different, but you know, making connectiveness with people right now is is really a difficult thing. And I, I think maybe mm-hmm. it's time to be more self-aware and take this yeah. time to grow that inside yourself. I mean, uh-huh. I'm curious to hear, like, what are good tools that maybe you know that you can share with, with us and, like, can you really connect with other people if you can't connect with yourself? You know, you hear a lot of times people say you can't love someone else unless you love yourself. And Mm -hmm. I know that you don't necessarily believe that. So I wonder is if it's the same thing as can you connect with other people if you can't connect with yourself and what does that mean? Right. Right. Well, let me come back to that because I just wanted to say (laughs) that I I think zoom is going to, 
blow up um, <laughs> over over Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Yes. Um, it's it's going to be like the be... airports, you know, instead. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of crowded airports, it's crowded uh, airwaves who or something. Who knows who might pop in on your Zoom room? <laughs> right, right, right. Don't forget to lock your, your Zoom room. That's for sure. But I think what, what's interesting about it is I think we're talking about being creative. You know, I really liked mm. what you said about the beach. We're lucky enough, you and I, to live close enough to the beach that it's it becomes this vast um, space that we can do social distancing gatherings. Um, we can also use the beach as a place for solace and mm-hmm. for uh, meditation if we want. So we can be alone. We can be with others. We can have walks that are social distancing, um, safe, and 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 so there's so many different ways. I mean, we can even dip our toes in the water, although the water might be a little chilly mm-hmm. that time of year. But but we have lots of choices, and I, I think that's part of what I want to remind people is that we're never locked into anything. You know, just because the holidays are going to be different doesn't mean they have to be um, restrictive. And I I, I believe that part of recovery is about freedom and uh, choices. And for me, it's about not falling into patterns of feeling like a victim or like something is being done to me Mm -hmm. because COVID is so big and so vast that it's very easy to feel like, like something is being done to me. And, and yet I know that if I really stay buoyant, um, I, I can say to myself, what, what's going to be emotionally nourishing during the holidays? You know, for, mm. for me, also, I, I love the beach. Uh, I love good food. I, I love, you know, the people in my life. I can't have large gatherings, but I can have maybe two or three people over mm-hmm. as you and I did recently, Sue, right. which was great. And, and so, it's it's just trusting that sometimes I might need to be alone and quiet and read a book or just hang out at home. And sometimes I, I need to connect. And depending on your introversion, extroversion factor, and I tend to fall somewhere in the middle, actually, um, I, I need a little of both. And so, um, yes, I, I, I think this is a season unlike any other season. Um, and for those in recovery in particular, it's so important to stay connected. I mean, if, if back to your question about tools, if, if I were to put a broad umbrella over this conversation of tools, it's about what helps you stay connected, mm-hmm. right? And again, I'm a little bit of a broken record with this, but I but I think about connection as connection to self, what's going on inside of us, connection to others, leaning into the love in our lives, and connection to a power greater than ourselves. So in whatever form that comes, whether it's uh, meditation or whether it's prayer or whether it's going to a, a, some kind of structured um formal type uh, religious institution or whether it's it's uh, simply being with your pet and and noticing how grateful you are to have a little creature in your in your life so so the connection is is a really a brainstorming thing maybe that you and I can do a little bit more of but it's such a 
an individualized kind of uh, decision about mm. what's really going to make a difference and help me stay connected to myself, to others, and to a power greater than myself. And that that's my formula. Mm, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you have any other thoughts about staying connected in those ways? Well, I think it's just making the effort, you know, um, mm-hmm. because not everybody enjoys actually visiting with relatives or, or people that they they do every year during the holidays. It's not always, right. you know, a fun thing to do. But I mean, mm-hmm. this kind of does give you an excuse almost to not have to spend time with people you feel like you're obligated <laughs> to, you know? Exactly. Um, so it's time, like you said, to be creative and, and maybe all you've ever wanted to do for Thanksgiving is to just sit down and eat an entire pumpkin pie, you know, or talk to a friend <laughs> you haven't talked to ever on Thanksgiving and, you know, just make the effort to set some things up and, and take care of yourself. And, and yeah, I mean, I love Thanksgiving thinking, um, of it being, uh, I don't know where this term came from or how many years ago, but I remember people were doing Friendsgiving and, yeah, yeah. and I really it's one of those quirky little terms, you know, but I, I loved it. I just thought like, mm-hmm. oh, let's just get in touch with just the friends that we're connected with and mm-hmm. and the family, you know, can is always there or wherever they are. Um, you could connect with them also. But, but Friendsgiving, I think when you can choose your family for, of friends, um, those are the people that you need to make an effort to reach out to. And, you know, um, maybe you're waiting for someone to reach out to you, but it's, it's time for people to, you know, change it up maybe and, and take, make the effort and Mm -hmm. and set it up in advance and say, I'd love to chat with you while I eat my pumpkin Mm -hmm. pie, you know, and be thankful for and take the time to be thankful. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and again, I mean, home is where the heart is. So if your heart is telling you, that you want to be with friends, there's no obligation to have to be with family. Maybe you'll check in with family of origin for a short Zoom call or or a phone call or or FaceTime, whatever it might be. But I think what you're also talking about, which is so important, is the idea of boundaries, right? Because ultimately, especially on the holidays, each and every one of us gets to decide what do I want and what do I don't want? What do I not want? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and once we determine what we really want, like what do we want and desire, right? And if we know what we want and desire, um, that, that's the trajectory. That's the, the direction that hopefully can be fulfilling and, and nourishing and healing. So I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, my family of origin, I may connect with a few of them, um, but it's not my family of choice. My family of choice is is my family that I have out here in Los Angeles and my friends uh, all in different parts of the country. And and so the idea of a friend's giving, I think, speaks to, you know, the idea of family of choice and and really being this is a, a tool that I use. I always ask myself the, this question. I say, 
can I say yes or do I want to say yes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do I want to say no or do I want to say maybe? And it sounds so simple, but if I really ask myself, huh, do I want to say yes, no, or maybe, that gives me some options. And if I can get that idea of obligation and loyalty to the side, and this might sound a little selfish to some, some people listening, I don't know, but, but, but it's actually about self-preservation sometimes. And I think especially in recovery, when we're talking about those of us who really want to have more fulfilling and, and satisfying lives and, and want to really live in our integrity, I don't want to pretend that I want to spend time with people that don't really fit for my life so much. Right. Yep. And, and that's a tough one. I think that's an ongoing challenge, mm -hmm. but, but especially at the holidays, I think it gets magnified a bit. And, um, and I really think it's a powerful tool to, to, to know that you can say yes, no, or maybe. Yeah. I like that. And I like that actually helps you emotionally prepare for yourself. And, and now's the time to start to do that to start to ask yourself those questions <laughs> and, and, then you have a plan almost in place, you know, but I like that. And I know it does sound a little selfish, but we do need to self preserve. Is that what you were saying? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 I mean, who else is going to do it for you? It's yeah. A, yeah. And, and you have to live with yourself for the rest of your life. So, I mean, you should look out for yourself. Because nobody else right. is really going to do that. And only you know how you feel inside. Right. And, and just to use myself as an example, as I often do, um, you know, I have a couple of brothers who are meaning, they, they mean well, right? They're, they're well-intentioned, but I'm not especially close with them. And, and so I don't feel like I have to make extra efforts just because it's the holiday to to spend time with them in in any shape or form mm -hmm. you know i i can choose throughout the year how much or how little and if and when I, I choose to have contact with them and i know that what's really sustainable in my own recovery is is having some kind of consistent love in my life and and really um Paying attention to that. I think what we're also mm -hmm. talking about, Sue, is mindfulness, you mm -hmm. know, that yep. that as we prepare for the holidays and um, as we kind of get ourselves in the mindset of what we really want and desire, I think there's a question of how can this be something that is planned in a way that we don't have to plan it all out perfectly. Right. But... Um, I think that there's something about knowing that we can plan for ourselves experiences, again, that are emotionally nourishing and everyone can decide what that means to them. You know, I, I we live in a beautiful area. So if I drive for an hour or two, I can be at the beach, at the mountains, in, in the country. Um, there's all kinds of... Uh, beautiful destinations that I can go to. And, and that's what I mean is huh, on um, December 27th, I can set aside that day for a field trip. 
right? And I can decide if I want to, if I feel comfortable enough um, in these times of COVID to stay overnight somewhere or not, which is an individual decision, of course. Or I can say I can, you know, take a picnic lunch and and go for a hike and and you know just enjoy the day outside of my usual routine. So. Again, I, I think emotionally preparing for the holidays, sometimes it's just about being aware of, oh, yeah, the holidays are coming. What can I kind of get ready for emotionally and, and potentially in my schedule? Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you brought up mindfulness, and I consider that a coping strategy, um, that having that in place before you know you're in a situation like if you do end up with family um that having that mindfulness and and knowing and understanding that if you're in a place with family that doesn't feel comfortable or you feel like you're regressing um that you can rely on understanding and knowing how you're going to react and being able to control to control your reactions. But I think mindfulness is a big player in, in understanding your coping strategies is, is um, using that mindfulness of what is my body feeling right now? And, and how should I react in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other coping strategies that you suggest if you find yourself in there? Well, I, I think you really mentioned something very important, which is checking in with the body. And whenever we're checking in with the body, we're also checking in with our nervous system. And, you know, there's certain relationships in our life that help us regulate. They help us feel more like ourselves and actually help our nervous systems feel more at peace mm. and calm. And and so and I know I keep veering back to relationships, but I, I do believe that whatever we can do to, to lean into the emotionally reliable people in our life, mm-hmm. some of them may be nearby that we can spend time with, or some of them can be on Zoom or FaceTime or, or whatever. And and so it's it's knowing that maybe we can double up a bit on that kind of contact and maybe it's about doubling up on our usual coping strategies. So mm. it can be very simple. Like if you have a pet, can you mindfully spend time with your pet? Because that's a mutual regulation system right there. Right. Right. Your your pet will enjoy it and and you will enjoy it. It's kind of that nervous system um, exchange that that's so powerful. Um and, and of course, you know, there's just little things like, are, are you someone who enjoys music that maybe you enjoy listening to a symphony, for instance? And, and when was the last time you sat down with your headphones on and listened to a whole Brahms symphony mm. um, or, or something else like... Um, I know I tend to read novels when I'm on vacation. For some reason, I don't read them the rest of the year. Right. <laughs> but 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 why can't I go ahead and buy a novel and and read that over the holidays? Because I know for me that's a really peaceful and um, you know just a wonderful space for me to just relax, right? Because we're talking about mindfulness, we're talking about relaxation. 
we're talking about creating a kind of a healing space and a regulating space. So all of this is really about asking yourself, what are those things that maybe you've been doing? Maybe it's something that you've been doing throughout the year, but can you add on and do a little bit more of that this season? Or is it something that you haven't done? I, I, I really, now that I mentioned the novel, I really want to go get a good novel yeah. and, and make sure that I have that space available. Because if I don't have the novel at home, right, if I don't order it or I don't buy it um, ahead of time, and this is the preparation idea, right. I guess, yep. then wait a second, it's, it's uh, Thanksgiving weekend and I don't have a novel to read, and right? And it's all part of your self-care, right? Just... Exactly. Exactly. That's so make wonderful. sure. So you keep me accountable on that. One. <laughs> one so I can... and, did you get your book? Did you get your book? <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. all those things you mentioned are very meditative. I mean, people don't yeah. necessarily think that reading a book or listening to music is a form of meditation. But I do believe that that's what it is, because it's kind of an escape from those thoughts that keep popping up into our heads. And sometimes when you are listening to music or reading, you do have those thoughts. But you do seem to tame them and bring them back to, oh, let me go back to the music or let me go back to this meditation or let me go back to reading what I'm reading. Um, and those are yeah. all really good ways because that process of bringing yourself back and that awareness is really what it's all about. And, right. and people seem to struggle with that in meditation, but it's that process that is what the meditation is for. Is, is to bring your thoughts back from where they were. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and just along those lines, just to add on some other possible unusual forms of meditation, I, I have several clients who love surfing. You know, mm -hmm. we live near the Pacific Ocean. They go surfing almost every morning, and that's their form of really mindfulness and meditation because they are – so in the flow of literally of of being with the waves and being with the ocean and that whole rhythm that goes along with it that that surfing becomes their morning ritual so and i have another uh, client who loves running right and we may mm. not think about running this way all the time but but that's his reset you know if he goes running and then and then comes home he, he feels more like himself again you know if he wakes up grumpy or he's just having a stressful day if he goes for a run there's that opportunity to just come back into himself mm -hmm. and, and then we we know a few people including myself sometimes who are swimmers and swimming um, whether it's in the ocean or or in a pool i swim in a pool which is very meditative because i'm just doing the same stroke over and over and over for let's say a half an hour i'm not a big swimmer but there's something about that that literally that buoyancy in the water that that is so incredibly restorative nice so it comes in lots of shapes and forms mm -hmm. yeah i love it I need to pick up a, a new hobby, I think. I can't really run. <laughs> I, I really am envious that you can go swimming. Mm. And um, I used to go for long, long, long bike rides. Um, so, and I just got mm. my bike fixed. So I'm thinking maybe because that was my 
every Saturday morning I would go for three hours on a very long bike ride and it was just quiet mm. and, and the same type of thing, you know, and I was in tune with my body and it just felt so good. So I really do miss that connection. So thank mm-hmm. you for the reminder and I will remind you to get a book <laughs> and you can Absolutely. remind me. I live on the bike path, so there's really no excuse for me not to, not to ride my bike. I think we have our accountability deal right there. I love it. I love it. And that is something else. You know, um, we haven't really talked about accountability, but um, it is so important to to have those uh, accountability people in our lives. And I was thinking Mm -hmm. of starting an accountability coaching service just to Mm. just to remind people sort of like uh, my Google Calendar does to me. But um, I can always reschedule my Google Calendar. But it's just nice to just to have somebody to be accountable to, and um, not that they're gonna. I'm gonna come and beat you up if you don't do it. But um, right. but it is nice to have that person there just to to check in and make sure we're we're on track. Um, right. I, I I call that bookending where we mm-hmm. share with someone our intention and then we actually do it. And then uh, once we've done it, we let them know that we've completed it. Yeah. So, so I think bookending, um, is, is very powerful. I know in program, um, many people do use bookending when it comes to certain events or just to, to feel less alone, basically to that, that you don't have to do it all by yourself. I think that's such a, a myth and, and that whole, idea of pulling your bootstraps up and doing it by yourself tends to be really um, detrimental. Yeah, nobody should be in it alone. And um, I like that book ending. Maybe we should we should include that here in the Home for Holidays podcast to uh, find somebody to bookend with and and then um, help you through the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, I also wanted to say that the holidays also can be a festive time. I know there's sometimes a lot of pressure mm. societal, societally and culturally to have a particular kind of holiday, but remember that it's really up to us to determine how we want to design the holiday season. And there's no right or wrong, of course, mm-hmm. but, but it really is important to let go of any expectations, right? I think because mm-hmm. many of us grew up with the hallmark idea of the holiday and 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 the sense of everything being all perfect and and beautiful and unlike any other time of the year and 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 even the music you know for the holidays often reinforces that um that that you get to reinvent your holiday season and it's really creative effort because it, it's up to you what what it is going to look like right it, it doesn't have to look like anything that anybody else thinks that it should or, or could look like and and so you know it's not always a challenging and um, difficult time I just want to emphasize that that maybe some of you have already found a way to make the holidays really unique and customized for 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 your life but i think this particular year is is different than any other year and that's why we wanted to talk about this just to remind you to be really kind to yourself and and to allow yourself to 
just breathe into it and to know that there's absolutely not a particular way that it's supposed to look, but more an experience of however it, it feels right to you and, and what you truly want and desire your, your experience to be like. I love that. It sounds great. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. definitely take that, take that on and, um, and create that for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I already have homework. I have yeah. to go out and buy a novel. And I'm actually meeting with a friend later today who is my uh, my source for recommending novels. So I'm, I'm in good shape. I'm oh. going to talk to her later on today and hopefully find a good novel oh. for the holidays. Please share it when you find that. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. But I, I really enjoyed having this conversation, Sue. It's been really great. And it's a it's a reminder for us and a reminder for our listeners to um, to move towards these holidays mindfully and in a way that hopefully can be really nourishing. Absolutely. And I look forward to just taking the stress out of it and being more festive and you know, making it a quality day for myself and for my friends. Yes, absolutely. Comfort food, comfort mm. experiences, and yeah. lots of inner comfort for everybody. Love it. All right. So we will reconvene sometime soon. Sue, thank you so much for joining me as always. Thanks, Andrew. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for listening today. As always, it was terrific sharing this time with my talented colleague and friend, Sue Merlino, and discussing this topic that is so timely called Home for the Holidays and how it affects those with out of control sexual behavior. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or please share our podcast on Spotify. And if you have any other topics that you'd like to discuss in the future, just let us know. And I do look forward to you joining us on future podcasts. And once again, thanks for being with us today.